Well, listen, welcome to our, um, our next edition. I think it's our third edition. Uh, Producer Steve's nodding. Third edition of our uh, Real Life Talk podcasting. And uh, so we want to jump right into this because if you live, listen to this, if you live in the United States of America, not just California, if you live in the U.S., you're going to want to hear what we have to talk about today. And it directly affects you. Even if you don't have any children, believe me, it will directly affect you. But today I have with us Gina Gleason. She's the Director of Faith and Public Policy. And she heads up various ministries. And she not only covers the United States in helping churches and parachurch ministries get involved in cultural issues, but uh, Gina's passion is really as it is for mine for the state of California. Because you guys, what happens in California doesn't stay in California. And this is a great, great example. It's a tragic example. And we're going to be talking about the California Comprehensive Sex Education that is in the state of California. And just when you think the thought, I'm going to get out of California and flee from the city of destruction, so to speak, that by going to Texas or Idaho or Nevada or Colorado, you're going to somehow escape this. And you're not. It's everywhere, right, Gina? I mean, it's, it's everywhere. In, it's in a lot of states, not all states, but it's creeping its way in, even into conservative communities, and so yeah. there's no protection. So listen, why are schools, why are schools taking this opportunity to educate our kids on sex and sexual acts? I mean, acts, sexual acts, gender identity, behavior, instead of... Uh, making our kids competitive with Europeans when it comes to engineering and science and all. What's the deal? Well, obviously there are people that have an agenda. And what they're doing, as I read through all this curriculum and learn about the supplemental material and, and everything that's out there regarding comprehensive sex ed, it's a sexualization of our children. Mm. And there's just so many aspects um, to this whole agenda that you know it's really hard to pinpoint just one thing that we think they're doing but our children are being groomed to be, to welcome sexuality at younger ages and you know that's not something that you and I were exposed to when we got sex ed in school we got biology right that's remember right. actual biology yeah and nowadays it's yeah. gone far beyond that so when a person hears well why are you concerned about sex ed in schools? That was okay for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, way back in 1960 or something, yeah. it was okay, but not today. Today's yeah. a whole different picture. Wow, you just kind of blew my mind because I remember, now that you mentioned it, I remember in our Orange County school uh, system when in biology, the school, we had to take home a note, mm-hmm. and we had to inform our parents that we were going to be covering next week these the reproductive chapter True. in yeah. biology, and there was blushing, and we were all right. red and yeah. embarrassed, and we felt like absolute wackos. And because, boys went that way, and girls oh, went that way, and it was just, you know, it was pretty yeah. okay, really. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was. And But you know what? I remember back then, though, there there was some sort of an instruction that parents ought to be doing this. And I think a lot of parents today don't talk about to their children about sexual reproduction and all. Uh, And maybe that's where, as parents, we drop the ball. Still, even still, it's not the state's business to educate us regarding uh, sexual um, practices and all. That's a very, for many Americans, that's a, that's not only is it sacred, but it's for some a very religious conviction about purity. I mean, our system mocks purity. Mm -hmm. If you're a virgin, you're made fun of, Mm -hmm. and so you're pressured into giving that up. But, Gina, we're going to walk through, and and I I think I want you to hear, 
if I can advocate, maybe you're someone that is somewhat on the outside and you might be saying, that's ridiculous. What about, what you guys are talking about is ridiculous. That's not what's happening in our schools. Uh, you guys are making this up. Uh, preface where we're going to go, Gina, preface with someone who might have that view. What would you say if I were to say to you, you, this cannot be really happening. This is not true. You're making it up. I've had that for years. I've been talking about this for so long that I kind of learned how to respond to that as I'm out, out giving presentations. And I want to really give people the facts about what this is all about because people have a really difficult time believing that this is true. Mm. So one of the things I start with is actually showing them a video clip of Assemblymember Shirley Weber introducing AB 329 at a Senate uh, committee hearing. This is in California. In California. So people can see for themselves, this assembly member actually introduced this bill regarding comprehensive sex ed, and it's called the California Healthy Youth Act. So I start there, then I talk about the bill itself. I pick it apart. The most important parts, I can't cover everything, but just the most important parts are parents know what is actually required. And then I give them evidence of what's actually taking place in the school. And I talk about some suggestions for parents, what they can do. Well, okay, listen, part of the deception is, I'm going to ask you again, what, is, what was it she was introducing? What was it called? It's AB 329, the yeah. California Healthy Youth Act. California Healthy Youth Act. Who would not be for that? <laughs> True. Right? right? I want my youth in California healthy. <laughs> right. But... I think what we're going to see here today in the curriculum and in the supplemental information that's available for the uh, teachers and the students, it's anything but healthy. In fact, I'm going to argue today that a child's exposure to uh, pornography uh, can be very damaging. Some sociologists and psychologists will tell you that if a child is actually exposed to even uh, severe or what we would say today is almost common pornography that it actually damages damages them emotionally mm-hmm. and mentally that their little bodies and brains are not able to process what is reserved for adults but um gina walk us through some of this stuff because i've looked at this over the years as you have um but walk us through something show us what we are talking about in california that a kid is going to be or could be exposed to if parents don't stand up. Okay, so what the law is saying that we have to talk about not only just sexuality and the biology of sexuality, but we also have to include gender identity, sexual orientation, and those types of things in the instruction. So from that's that, the agenda. Well, oh yeah, I mean throughout because that's not that's not biology. Exactly. Okay. Keep so, going. so throughout the curriculum, throughout the supplemental material, throughout uh, websites that uh, students are told to visit, all of that is included. I, there, there really isn't anything held back, and so the children are exposed to so many different ideas and so many different things that I think that if parents really knew what was happening, they would automatically pull their child oh, out. Okay. So. Sorry. Stop right there. Pause. Mm-hmm. You said go visit a, a link. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing. I'm pretty much dumb when it comes to technology, but I'm guessing if you go visit a link, so you're asking Junior, go visit a link. I would imagine that after a while or maybe right away, there's like thumbnail images or there's there's sidebar suggestions. Well, let what's me, what's yeah. that going to open up? 
Well, let me explain that to you. So in one of the curriculums, there's a list of websites the, that the teacher is going to ask the, t- the kids to go visit to get acu- accurate information about sex. Wow. So one of the websites is called Scarlet Teen. And uh, you go to Scarlet Teen, and on the homepage, you're going to see this book. This book is filled with sex acts. Sex, sexual uh, ideas and sex practices. Exactly. For kids. Right. For high school kids. Sanctioned by the state of California, exactly. directed at your child. Mm-hmm. Now, am I going too extreme here? Without parental permission? Right. It's in the classroom. So without parental permission in the classroom, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, I mean, it goes on and on. The, this was listed in the California Health Framework list of s- suggested supplemental material. It was removed from the list. Why was it removed from well, the list? Well, because the p- parents were outraged. Good. But parents should also know that this book can still be used in the classroom should the teacher desire, desire to use it. So, if the so teacher there's no learned, restriction. If the teacher learned a lot from the sex practices right. in this book, she can, he can recommend it to the kids. Exactly. Unbelievable. And here we have another book. This has been it's floating around. It's perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal. And it's for 10-year-olds and older. But throughout this book, you are going to see graphic images. Seriously. Wait a minute. Okay. Seriously? 10 years old? Yeah. It says it right on the cover. Can you guys see that? Seriously, for real? Okay, unbelievable. Well, and you know, I mean, school administrators want to say that this is not pornographic, and I guess because it's a drawing. When you're a little kid, that triggers enough. Oh, yeah. Um, it's their drawings, and I mean, throughout the book, I should have bookmarked it better, but there are graphic drawings of adults in the nude. So this is a this is um, adult in the nude in front of a mirror. This is a kid. This is a kid spread open with a mirror, examining and uh, learning about themselves. Okay. Hello, California school system. We can't get a kid to read a book, but we've got kids doing this. And so I, all there's a whole list of books that parents can buy on Amazon. Is this the, Gina, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm flabbergasted by this. There was something that your team had shown me, showed me before, and it was something about even, if you're you're going to uh, use a condom uh, for, for example, rectal sex, make sure you change that condom for vaginal sex, that there was some warning about be careful for cross, uh, contamination or things like that. Well, that's that's where skills come in. The the legislation AB three twenty nine actually talks about students learning skills to protect themselves. So they go into a lot of detail about how to use condoms for what p- different parts of the body that you would be surprised about. Um, but I mean, on and on it goes. You guys, this is extremely graphic. There's uh, there's it shows a, a a little guy here learning techniques of masturbation and Mm -hmm. various things to use california and again i I want to say it over and over again people are saying i got to get out of california i got to get out of california you know what let all the crazy people leave california (laughs) we need good people to stay or good people to come because again if it doesn't stop here it's going to sweep 50 49 other nations all 50 but um this is an epicenter 
uh, friends. This is an epicenter. Uh, before the before the end of this podcast, we're going to give the um, the opportunity and the um, the information on where to go to make a statement and um, a little bit more. And then we want to talk about um, how this affects the family. Okay, let's do that in a moment. And then we'll talk about what some good news uh, sounds like uh, when parents get educated and and they act up. So you have um, you have another book right here. Which what is this about? Well, this is a book that's for children that are about five years old, and it has some great questions. If you want to read the questions there, I am girl, boy, both, neither, just me. Okay, so you put that question before a child who doesn't quite understand much in life, let alone the fact that they are, for example, a biological boy Mm -hmm. or a biological girl, and they're discovering who they are. All of us went through that. And for example, this is normal parenting. If your boy that's three years old or four years old uh, picks up mommy's bra and tries to put him around himself, uh, that's a normal, curious act. You know what? Parenting is, hey, uh, Junior, boys don't wear bras. Girls wear bras. That's mommy's or that's big sister's. And we leave that alone. Um, Listen, instead, let's put on let's put on daddy's cowboy boots or work boots or let's go put on daddy's gloves. And you parent them in the direction that they're supposed to go because their psychology and their, um, for the lack of a better term, the imprintability of that child's mind is what parenting's all about. You are to be reinforcing based upon the child's biology that you are a boy. This is what boys do. What I just said is normal. It's worked for about, I don't know, six, seven, ten thousand years. <laughs> Until now, for some reason, uh, the the modern day thought process is we know better than God. G- you know, God, he's so narrow. I mean, Gina, God is so narrow minded. He said, I'm going to make uh, mankind male and female. But we know better than God. We're going to just have what is what's Facebook's latest gender count? I don't know. 70 um, seriously, or 70 something genders. Seriously, really? We've lost our minds. And I am afraid that adults have gone crazy, and for themselves to feel better, they're perpetrating this lunacy upon their children. Uh, that's, that's child abuse. But when a stranger does it, sanctioned by the state of California or any state, being paid for by taxpayer dollars, this is some sort of an absolute sick social engineering that is of such importance, I would say, putting it mildly, that it should be something that a parent should be involved in and should be interested in themselves, not kept out of it. Mm. Not kept out of it. Tell us, give us some information. Tell us about um, what's going on. What I mean, you, tra- you travel this nation and you travel up and down the state on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Tell us some of your well, encounters I and think experience. it's important for parents to understand that some of the organizations that are behind this are Planned Parenthood, some of the gay activist organizations, and you know they're really pushing this whole agenda. They're they're contributing to curriculum and that some of these websites, right? And so you know they don't share our worldview, especially about sexuality. 
And so when you get in deeper into this, you really see what they're doing, what they're pushing. And, you know, they go so far as to, you know, promoting children being at drag queen races, uh, I mean, uh, story time and uh, sex parade. What do they call them? Gay pride parades, right? Wait. California school kids. No, no, no. Not the schools, but I'm talking about these organizations. The organizations organizations, You know, the gay pride organizations. It's okay for them to bring kids to this, those types of things, the when they're out in parade in Long Beach. You know, that's Beach. right. I never thought about that. Yeah. That's, that's something you can see on the news, right. where as the news reporter is reporting the story, mm-hmm. there's little kids on these parades with pornography and lewd, strange, trans, mm-hmm. everything going on. Yeah. So, Man, I tell you, you know, we want to we believe that we're educated and that we are somehow advanced. Mm-hmm. And I can pick up my Bible and I can turn back... 3,000 years ago, and I can read eyewitness accounts of those same, that same kind of conduct. Hmm. Isn't that amazing? That's We're 3,000 years removed from, mm-hmm. for example, events of Sodom and Gomorrah, and, and yet uh, we see it happening today, and uh, we're none the wiser. It's remarkable to me. Nothing new under the sun, right? Nothing new un- under the sun. Um, you've got it like uh, this little comprehensive comprehensive sex education for students, facts and voting record. Can we talk about that? Yeah, I thought it was important to just give a brief description of what comprehensive sex ed is. So I have six bullet points here that describes the overall curriculum and, and everything that goes along with sex ed curriculum. And I also wanted people to know how we got here. Why do we have this law in place today in California? And it's because Assemblymember Shirley Weber introduced the bill, our legislators voted on it, it was passed, our governor signed it. Whoa, okay, well, hang on. How? You actually said that so fast without an interruption, and I'm asking this with sarcasm. I know the answer, but wow, Gina. How did such a thing happen in California so fast? How did they just run a bill through like that and make it law? Well, they have the power to do it. And how did that happen? Well, because people voted them into office and they got the majority and the people that share our worldview do not have the majority. So that's what I'm pointing out here. So listen, so in a sense, scientifically, in a sense, the California voters voted in a particular party and people who love this stuff. And so they have not only did they get it passed, but they have a super majority, which means apparently, and I'm being sarcastic deliberately right now, apparently in California, the vast majority of Californians are totally good with the stuff that we just looked at. They're fine with it. And yet you and I know, Gina, that the majority of Californians are not good with it. So what in the world happened for the Democrat Party in California, extreme radical leftist, how did they get into power when the bulk of Californians are really good people? Well, it's simple. They just don't tell people what they're voting on. When this bill came up, you know, it's, it's public information, but most people aren't going to pay attention. It's a healthy most, bill. Yeah, and most legislators are not going to announce that they're voting on something like this. Wow. So when they do vote on it, people aren't paying attention, they voted in, and all mm. is well. So knowing you the way I do, I bet on the back here in very fine print, a lot of names, you have got the voting record regarding this issue of those names and 
uh, participants, parties, I should say. So, for example, help me out here if I'm looking at this right. Mm -hmm. uh, in opposition to AB 329, okay? Mm -hmm. So, those who want to stop this terrible indoctrination of children regarding sex and odd, aberrant sex activity. Oppose. 40 Republicans opposed it. Democrats, zero Democrats in California opposed it. This is their voting record, not a lie, public record. Support of the bill, meaning we're good with all this kitty porn for kids and how to do this with a banana. Support, one Republican, we need to know who that is, <laughs> and 76 Democrats in California supported it. 76 strange weird people who don't see anything wrong with this these people maybe she doesn't want to say this but these people their names are here in the next election you need to memorize their names unless you're okay with this but this is insane these people need to be voted out and people who care about your child's protection my goodness protection how about this can you imagine having a system of education in California where they care about your kids to score the highest on math tests possible and linguistics and geography mm -hmm. and uh, biology and chemistry. Could you imagine? This state is worthy of producing the greatest kids on the planet. We've got the resources. California, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're either first or second and how much money we pay teachers in this state with all the money we throw, and that's always the thing, well, we need more money. Mm -hmm. We pay more money per kid to get them out of school. In California, where are we in, on the scale in 50 states? 43, 45, I'm not sure. We're the 43rd or 45th most, most pathetic. Uh, that means our kids, when they graduate, they, they can't hold a candle to the rest of the industrialized world when it comes to education. California. The, the greatest state, I could argue, you know, because I'm biased, I'm from here. California could be the greatest nation in the world. Just the state of California could be the greatest nation in the world, if we wanted it to be. But for some reason, the government thinks that they can come in and seize our children's and our child's minds and bodies. And when you tell a kid, listen, when a kid is young, this is so terrifying as an adult or as a person of authority, which a teacher is, both. When, when someone of authority and says to a kid, hey, you know what? what, what about this? It sticks in them. It sticks with them. And right now, as a, right now as a church and as a ministry, I know that I'm personally dealing with young people. Now, we kind of, you know, the, the uh, generation or geology, uh, well, what I'm saying, the genealogy of this, I'm going to roughly say some, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, kids began to be introduced to, you might be gay. And now I'm meeting these kids. They're adults now. They're way older now. And they're saying, Pastor Jack, you know what? My life, man, for eight years went down a hole. I got so messed up, so confused, so sideways, thinking because I heard this in school, a teacher told, and this is a true story I'm telling you, I'm changing the, I mean, I won't even mention the names, but... A teacher told us in class that, you know, in junior high, if, we, if we're a boy and we ever thought about what it would be like to touch another boy, then we might be gay. That was in my head. 
I began to wonder about that. I went down a path that almost destroyed me. Turns out I'm normal. I want to have a wife. I want to have babies. Mm. I want to be a dad. I want to be normal. And you guys, you might be offended by what I'm telling you, but I'm in the ministry. I hear it from real people every week meeting with hundreds of people, if not more. And we've got girls now saying, I went down a path of what I thought was lesbianism because I was told I was a lesbian because mm-hmm. I listened to Katy Perry's song, I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It, and I wondered, oh my gosh, what would it be like to kiss a girl? I'm a girl, what would it be like to kiss a girl? Right. And I was told that my curiosity meant that I was probably a lesbian. Pastor Jack, I want to be pregnant, I want to have a husband, and I want to be normal. Now it's coming around. Well, you know, back 10 years ago, the degree of those types of conversations in the classroom has just drastically changed because now it's in the curriculum. And let me give you some examples mm. of what some of the curriculums um, actually say. Um, they'll ask the kids, I forget which curriculum it is, but when do you think someone's ready to have vaginal, oral, or anal sex? Teachers ask, asking the children in the classroom. Um, they do role-playing in the classroom. The teacher's going to have two boys come up. How in the world? What do you mean role play? They do role play. They have two boys come up to the front of the classroom. It doesn't make any difference if they're heterosexual or if Where's they're the gay. Where's the cops? Where's the cops? <laughs> I said, cops. <laughs> and so they have the two boys do some play acting, making up um, a story between themselves about when they're ready to have sex with each other. How, how old would that boy be? That's high school. Okay. You know what? Wow. Okay. Yeah. See? So it's in I the curriculum. I did not know that. Yeah, it's in the curriculum. It's in the curriculum. Yes. And more. Okay. That's so just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, parents, what do you think? I mean, seriously, my gosh. What do you, I mean, we're going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. If I could, I would tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free country, yeah. you know, and you, you have to choose what you're going to do. But, you know, if you're, um, if your baby was at the edge of, if, you, if your child was at the edge of the water, you know, in the culture we live in today, imagine if there's a shark in the waves and you see your little one going into the water. You think it's all fine. You don't know there's a shark there. But you feel pretty odd because you look around and you see people, everyone's got their camera up and they're looking at your kid. <laughs> Instead of telling you, there's a shark in the waves, okay? Your kid's heading right into the mouth of a great white. If someone doesn't speak up, then silence is approval. If you don't get involved and find out what your school district is saying, I guess we've learned, right, that you may say today, I'm going to get involved after this. I'm going to find out what my school board's involved in. Prepare for this, right? Prepare to be lied to. That they're going to say, oh, no, not us. You'll even have teachers say, as teachers have told us, not in our school district. Even some of the teachers have been duped into what was coming. Mm-hmm. So you need to, you need to think and, and imagine your child's life's at stake because you know what? Their social mental, their future might be at stake. This is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else is talking about this. Um, for us as, as, a, as a community, we talk about it. Gina, we talk about it to the point where good, bad, or ugly, our our elected leaders expect us to talk about it. They're, they are expecting us Absolutely. at school board meetings and city council meetings. Tell us how that came about and tell us why that's important. Well, just like take, for instance, this voting record. 
I was thinking that we have to have a way to influence these legislators to know what we want as constituents. So at this church, we, we lobby our legislators, and so we help the average citizen that doesn't know the first thing about this learn how to lobby. Lobby is simply asking the legislator to vote yes or no on something. It has a bad name. Isn't that a phone we call? Pick, a fo- pick up a phone, make a phone call. It takes a minute or two and minutes. And often it's an automated thing. Leave your response. You can do that too, but there's just so many ways to do that. But the legislators in our district... They know that we're paying attention. They know the people in this community, this church, are paying attention and making those phone calls. So they do pay attention. Oh, but Gina, Gina, wait a minute. We just preach the gospel. We don't get involved in politics. What would you say to that? Well, I've heard that quite a few times. Mm -hmm. And I've said, well, my pastor's first job is to preach the gospel. But we're one of many ministries in the church. So, you know, there are other ways people get involved in serving at the church and this is the way we serve at our church we make sure that people not only my pastor but the congregation understands what's going on with some of these issues people want to know but people mm-hmm. don't have time to research legislation right. and read the bills and and do all of these things that go along with it but we do and we help people learn how to do that yeah to the point where i think the last school board meeting i attended there was some 750 right. people right show up to hold the uh, elected officials accountable. And um, listen, that's called a democracy, by the way. If you guys, if that seems strange to you, it wouldn't have been strange uh, in the United States up until maybe 50, 60 years ago. Um, It's normal. This is how uh, a republic works. Mm -hmm. And so remember the people that you and I put into office, we put them there to conduct our business, not their business. And so... um, so if a citizen is hearing this for the first time, let's just hypothetically say you are in L.A. County right now or, or Orange County or maybe you're in San Francisco County. For that matter, Salt Lake County, whatever you, you want to get involved. Where do you begin? This alarms you. You're now you're asking the question, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I find out if this is happening in my hometown? Where do they first go? Straight to the school district. And that's, that's a monthly meeting? Well, it, it, well, you can start by asking questions. First, you're going to find out what the loss, if you're in California, what the school district is doing to implement the California Healthy Youth and Act. And they find that out where? At the school district office. They go to the superintendent's office. They can make a visit. They can make a phone call. They could write a letter. But ask a few questions. How are you implementing the California Healthy Youth Act? What grade are you implementing it at? Because the law requires middle school and high school to get it once each year. Okay, do it again. Number one, you would ask what? You go to the superintendent's office and you would ask... How are you implementing AB 329, the California Healthy Youth Act? Because every school district in California is required. It's a mandate. They cannot get around it. They have to bring it into the school district. And then they can make some decisions on their own about how they implement it. But they are required by law. So did you hear what she just said? So she's telling you that you can go, you can walk right into the superintendent's office because they already know about this. They already know. You're not going to educate them. You are the citizen paying their uh, payroll. You walk in and you say, I would like to know what what you are going to do or, or what your plan se- is about sex education about the comprehensive sex mm-hmm. education right. if they look at you with crickets sound in their head and eyes 
Uh, they won't. They know. And then the second thing was, well, did you say what grade or what ages? What grade? AB 329 re- uh, requires that children in middle school and in high school get it once in each uh, junior high and high school. If the school district decides they want to vote it in, they can vote it in for sixth grade down to kindergarten, but it's not required. Wow. Um, before we go to some good news... Um, please stop me if I'm wrong. I really mean this. I hope I'm wrong in what my mind is putting together. Just here in California, I'm sure all other states, you're fantastic. So um, I'm thinking now, the signs on on our bathrooms have been changed. They're general general neutral or whatever it is that's just different. It's no longer so easy. So I now have this new order of bathroom opportunities. Number two, I go to school and I'm learning now. Let's make it. I'm, let me see. I'm trying to remember. How old is a, how, how old is a boy in seventh grade or eighth grade? How old? I haven't thought about that in a long time. 12, 13? Yeah, 11, 12, around, 13? Around there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think I was pretty normal as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm looking to producer Steve to see. But <laughs> what does he know? He grew up in Africa, this guy. But maybe <laughs> maybe it's universal. But I'm thinking, I can tell you, things start happening with a boy. Mm-hmm. And let's say 12, 13 years of age. Let me tell you, I struggled between playing football, doing my homework, and insanity. The insanity was I went from thinking girls were weirdos to I want one and it was really a struggle and now I'm trying to control myself but now the bathroom is gender whatever wide open and I go oh it gets much worse or better (laughs) like Governor Mike Huckabee said when was this law where was this law when I was 15 years old I couldn't wait to get into the girls bathroom by the way, when we say bathroom, we're talking bathroom showers and sports programs, okay? So now, f- f- follow me on this. I have, op- I have opportunity. I certainly have motive. <laughs> and now I'm in the bathroom, and there's a girl in there who I, I just think is really dynamite. And I just came from this sex ed class, and my mind's raging, when a boy's mind rages, something else starts to rage. What's going to happen? I want to know what's going to happen. What happens if this 13-year-old boy cannot control himself and brushes up against, touches, can't handle it? How can we, by the way, how can we expect a 13-year-old boy to handle himself when a grown man can't? Mm-hmm. And this boy crosses the line and something happens with this girl, I want to know. Gina, I want to know. Gavin Newsom, I want to know. Who's responsible for the fallout of this legally? It happened on public school grounds. My kid was indoctrinated by a public school teacher. My kid was induced and enticed to uh, reach out and, and touch someone. And I want to know who's responsible. I want to know who to sue. I, I need to know that. Because that's what I'm going to do. Because the state defiled and in some ways mentally deflowered my child. They violated the sanctity of my home, of my religious convictions, 
for that matter, even if I was an atheist, mm -hmm. they intruded into my home and taught something without me knowing about it, didn't get my permission, and it has affected my child. And God forbid, but imagine if that child came home and it was maybe even a mixed marriage setting and that child began to experiment what he learned in class with his six-year-old stepbrother. You don't think that's going to happen? I want to know who to sue. That's my question. Gina, please bail me out of my, of my scenario with some good news. What's happening locally? Give some people some hope. Well, there's been a lot of people speaking up about this, trying to educate, as we have been. Um, and one of the things we decided to do was to put a conference together to really explain what is happening, what the law requires of the school, of parents, of the students, uh, what parents can actually do about it with some real practical solutions for them because they're confused. They don't, they don't know where to begin. Mm. Because the reality of it is this law is going nowhere. This law is here to stay. Yeah. The only way we're going to get rid of this law is if we get a lawmaker that writes a new law. Which means you've got to elect a good person. And we've got to get a per person to do that. And then they vote for a good bill that would get mm. rid of this. But for now... Parents have to be proactive. So at this conference, we're going to talk about real practical solutions. We're going to talk about what's actually taking place in the classroom. And we're, again, we're going to talk about how we got here and this whole voting part of it, the connection that people aren't getting. Because when I'm talking to people, I say, well, did you vote for any of these people? And they almost don't want to raise their hand and it. admit it, right? <laughs> yeah. But I say, okay, so let's fix it. We have an election coming up this March. It's time to make this right. Vote for people who do not support something like this. So this, that's what we're doing at this conference. Can a, can a church, a 501c3, educate people as to how someone voted? Absolutely. How, how someone voted. Yes? Well, absolutely. And we've been doing that here at yeah. this church for years. <laughs> and, um, you know, people just are amazed at that. And I say to people, well, don't, because they worry about losing their tax exempt status. Oh, that's what the problem goodness. is. And I say to them, if any church would, have, would be losing their tax-exempt status, it would be our church, we'll right? Be the, yeah, we'll be the first church <laughs> right. to go down. We're the canary in the cage. Right. Okay? We're not only the canary. We're happy to be the canary. We jumped into the cage, and we told yeah. somebody, take us into the mind. Right. The mind, not the mind. The <laughs> mind. So, yeah, we're the, we'll be the first one. So, friends, keep your eye on us. Uh, and, if, you know, we're a target, and we, we know this. But the truth is, at least right now, uh, President Donald Trump said that during his administration, he will not enforce the Johnson Amendment, which is awesome, which means pastors can speak into any and every political issue and candidate. Um, but so this culture where we're sitting has made their views known publicly. Mm -hmm. uh, they reminded the school board that... The ch their, their child is, in fact, their child that they mm -hmm. care. So they showed up mm -hmm. and they made some noise. And the school board has, has done something. What have they done? In our school district? Yes. Our school district is allowing our district children to have a full opt-out of comprehensive sex ed. So that means they will not get one lesson in sex ed. A full opt-out because why did we have to fight for that? Because the state, uh, does the state offer an opt-out? 
The state does say that you can have an opt-out, but then again, every school district has the right to design what their program is going to look like. So not all school districts are offering a full opt-out. Really? But, you know, you get in there and you talk to your superintendent and to the people in the administration like we've done, yeah. and that goes a long way. Yeah, so excellent. that's what we're doing in our district. So uh, we have to end the conference. Um, I know that as soon as we mention the conference, it's going to date the um, this podcast, but we'd rather um, uh, we'd rather you know do that. I guess I should end it this way, and then we'll we'll add the the, the time sensitive data here on the end because in the future it can be edited out. This is the way it has to happen. So the point that we're making is find out what's going on in your kid's school uh, district, okay, education system. Look up some of these authors. I'm sure you've done that. I did that myself. I looked up some of the authors of the of these books. You'll be shocked. You will be shocked to find out who these people, what their worldview is. I tell you what, it will probably be opposite of your worldview and how to raise children. Mm-hmm. And get involved. It was Sir Edmund Burke during the Revolutionary Period in Parliament who said, all that evil needs to do to triumph is for good men to do nothing. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, verse 2, that when the righteous are in power, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, the people groan. California is groaning. And so please get involved. It is incumbent upon you. And if you are today or you're saying, well, I'm a Christian, what do I do? It's so simple. It's even simpler for you. And that is Jesus said, let your light so shine before men. That's an unbelieving world by the way, of men, mankind. Let your light so shine before men that when your Father sees your good works, or when they see your good works, that is that you're giving to your Father in heaven, they, in the end, uh, will, will honor the Father in the sense that they saw you stand firm and stand for what is right. So let your light shine. And by all means, take this information. Talk, share, take this uh, podcast and send it out to others and then talk about it. I seriously mean this. Send it out to 3, 4, 10, 15 people and then agree on a time to meet up by phone or by Skype or by whatever means and discuss this, no matter where you may be in the United States. So, Gina, tell us, when will this conference be? How much does it cost? How long will it be? What can I expect? It takes place Saturday, August the 24th here at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. It's free. Um, we want people to come. And it's from 9 to 4.30. And um, what can I? What am I going to hear? Why should I come? Who who's going to be talking to well, me? Well, of course you will be speaking. Yeah, but I, that's <laughs> not a plus. <laughs> but somebody experts in their areas. Right. Well, we have um, Matt Sharp from Alliance Defending Freedom awesome. coming to talk about the law and what's actually required. We have a lady that is coming that is going to talk about her experience as a Planned Parenthood sex education trainer. And talk about what wow. they actually did when they were in the classroom to help kids lower their inhibitions when they get to the point where they're talking so about she's sex. She's going to be She'll giving be some secret insights, though. Exactly. Oh my uh, we have Karen England from Capital Resource Amazing. Institute who will actually talk about the real practical things that you can do in your school district. So parents are going to walk away with some how-tos. Great. Uh, I'll be talking about the election, voting, and things like that. Uh, Dr. Brian Ray is going to uh, talk about homeschooling and the positive aspects of homeschooling. As an alternative or what? As an alternative oh, okay. because okay. You know, parents yeah, sure. are afraid to homeschool. And, of course, you. And 
And pray, everybody, because we're working on somebody else. We, I, I don't know if we should mention his name because we haven't secured him. Right, but we haven't. We it's would. Up to you. <laughs> yeah, we can kind of get it out there because maybe some maybe somebody uh, knows him. Maybe he's watching. But um, we would love to have. I love just the way that he thinks. But we would love to have a response. Get a response back from Eric Metaxas to come and speak is obviously a great educator and loves kids and uh, just really has a great way of bringing truth to you and so listen um just on behalf of real life talk i want to thank you guys uh, for being with us and we'll be back together next time once again this is gina gleason of faith and public policy you can also look up what she's doing at realimpact.us yep. realimpact.us and faithandpublicpolicy.org. Faithandpublicpolicy.org. And um, listen, tell people. Okay? God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye.